0: Welcome to the Radiant Mama podcast, hosted by me, Natasha Rose, shamanic medicine woman, mother, and wife. My passion is to empower women to come back into their body and reclaim their radiance through a shamanic lifestyle, giving them the freedom to live life in their fullest devotion and unapologetically creating their life around their truest self, Rhythms, desires, pleasures and joy. The Radiant Mama podcast is a place where we discuss how we can embody our radiance aligned with our mind, body and spirit. Whole and connected motherhood, shamanic medicine, radiant womanhood, witchy goodness, radiant business, rhythmic, slow, Seasonal, living, and so much more. Simple, radiant living. Take a breath. Get your cup of tea or cacao. Settle down somewhere cosy. Take this time for yourself. And enjoy. Hello, welcome back to the Radiant Mama podcast. Like I mentioned in the last episode, this episode is a direct Audio taking from my discussion and Instagram live with my beautiful friend Tessa from Shamanic Soul Work. I hope you enjoy, and please let me know the takeaways or any medicine you might receive from this episode. So I was laughing to myself as I was looking at what we named this life, and I think we might have been a little bit ambitious. We said, seasons and wheel of the year, womb wisdom cycles and motherhood. I was like, Jesus, that's that's a week-intensive course. <laughs> yeah. I actually found the questions you sent me, and I was like, oh, wow, that's a big mix of stuff we're <laughs> um, We'll just do what we can, and as always, it never works out as you plan. But I like to have a bit of a focus, and I love so Natasha has made this beautiful gift for you today this Wheel of the Year. So tell us how to get it, what it is, and thank you so much for making that. That's awesome! It was so fun. So that's the Wheel of the Year, it's the Celtic Wheel of the the Year. Uh, and I also have put in the zodiac signs around here as well. Um, And it has, I'm studying to be um, a druid, so I'm in the order of the bar. Uh, And they use different names for the solstices and equinoxes. So I've included them. And then it has a cute little arrow that you can use a split pin and move it around to where you are on the wheel. So good. Oh the my kids god, love it! The oh, kids are so obsessed it. Like kids. with it already. <laughs> Me too, I love <laughs> it. Oh, that's <laughs> so nice. Thank you so much. And where is it on your website? Where did you put it? Um, the link's in my bio, and it's I'm pretty sure I put it at the top of the list. And you just click in, you can pop your email, and then it will send you the link for the download. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. I love it. So that brings us writing. to make one for ages. <laughs> it's, <good>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a it's, little arrow. I was like, it's so creative. I just love it. <laughs> yeah. So Cycles, I think that was um, when we started talking about the live. I think that was what you came up with right away. And that's very Natasha, with the cycles and the womb With and how all that ties in. So maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Mm. Oh, where do I start? So I guess mm. cycles or seasons. There's so many different versions. So there's like women's seasons, which is our menstrual cycle, which goes through... Summer's ovulation, autumn's premenstrual, winter's menstrual, and then um, preovulation is spring. And then um, I like to tap into how my own energy is feeling throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. So I've recently been going through an autumn and winter of super restful, super. Um, surrendering because we've just had a massive transformation in our life at the end of last year and I had to kind of just break and stop and rest and regather and hibernate to kind of figure out my bearings what was true to me what wasn't what was saying what wasn't and now I'm coming into like a spring where I'm starting to get ready to relaunch stuff so i've just launched a podcast and i have um offering ideas coming through and so i'm coming into more of a lively energy personally even though we're actually we're winter we're in winter in australia yeah which is really weird because you would think that our own life seasons would align with the seasons of the year but sometimes It just doesn't happen like that, depending on what's happening in modern Mm. life. (laughs) Mm. And then, as I just said, you've got the seasons of the earth as well. So, and taking notice of how that's changing around you locally, that has so much medicine in itself. Mm. Yeah. And it all comes back to listening into yourself. I know we've had this conversation in the past, I think in relation to how your cycle affects, you know, the where you're at in your cycle, like you were just talking about. And I think it was a few years ago when you and I talked about it and I realised that I think I, I'm not sure if it exactly follows what the menstrual cycle is meant to do, but I think I naturally do it without thinking about it. So I never thought about it because I would probably just naturally listen to myself. But if you're someone who's been in perhaps masculine overdrive for a long time, which is very common because, you know, the way the world runs, um, you might actually, you know, start by looking at these patterns and then you might find that your pattern is somewhat different, but it's a way of kind of paying attention and allowing rest, I think. Mm, definitely. Um, my personal experience with my own inner seasons in the menstrual cycle was that. When I came to inner autumn premenstrual, my anxiety was really high, like so high. And I had to clean the house, and everything had to be perfect. Like you almost had to go around with the white gloves and make sure there was not even a speck, and everything had to be in order. And because of that, and not knowing that, not the anxiety part, but that that's natural, and that nesting at that time and tidying up loose ends and getting things prepared and neat and you know preparing your nest to hibernate basically is natural without knowing that I felt very anxious because my body wanted to rest Mm. and my body wanted to go into a slowness and my body was preparing for that but I didn't understand it so I was getting anxious because I didn't want to rest because society doesn't like it when you rest. You have to be doing, 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 doing all the time. Mm -hmm. And every month that time would come around and I'd feel the same thing. And as soon as I found out about inner seasons and I learned about it and I embodied it, it's such a shift. As soon as I go crazy cleaning, I go, ha, ha, hello, inner autumn. (laughs) We're at this stage again. And I can kind of flow with it a little bit easier. And I know that I'm doing that because I'm going to rest and intentionally rest and that's okay to rest. Yeah. It's beautiful. And you're right, it's a it's a, <laughs> a radical concept. Um I think I was just talking about this on my podcast when I interviewed Shariq, um, or it's more like a long conversation we had, he's my shaman quote unquote. Um we were just talking about that, but you know, rest is, is a radical concept really. Um yeah and I and I think these cycles can come up in in other ways too it, outside of all these kind of cycles that happen continuously like your cycle the seasons and all of that I think it's also about just paying attention to where you are currently at like you said now okay it's order but you actually feel like spring kind of thing Um, And I noticed when I was relaunching after the maternity leave now, I was getting a lot of things ready and I had a lot of fun, you know, I was fixing up my website and I was setting up the appointment slots and, you know, very logistical, masculine things that I had to do to kind of make sure everything was working all the links and all of that. And then I was done and I was like, okay, I should do something. I was like, no, no, hang on. You put the product out there, you told people you are open, now you step back and the people that are meant to come will come. You don't have to keep doing, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's very easy to get drawn into that overdrive when you start, you know, when the ball starts rolling. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to a friend the other day and she's just starting her business and she's also going through a deep healing as well for herself and re-nourishing and um, like healing um, depletion after having her babies. But she's also starting her new business. And she was saying, as well, that she's having to pull herself up on her own core values and beliefs now and not allow herself to get caught up in the big rush and all that energy um and making sure that she's allowing herself to rest as well, yeah, and it can be it can be scary when you're working for yourself because it is this idea that. If I'm not working and not making money, So it's very easy to think that you have to do because that's what we've been taught, you know, but the, that whole idea of we have to be always working, where did that come from? Like, were we actually born to work, you know, 60 hours a week? Like, when did we start to believe that? That's crazy in itself, right? And it actually mm-hmm. appeared now, to be all in my head as I'm saying this, I remember this would have been quite recently, actually. <laughs> I've been brainwashed, clearly. Um, I, you remember he was saying something in a class where uh, a friend had asked him I might be putting two stories together now, but he pulled a card from his own Oracle deck and it's the standstill card and he was sharing the story of how a friend said to him, So what are you working on now? You're always working on such fun things, you're doing fun things and he's like, I'm doing nothing and his friend's like, Come on, or what are you doing? you know and he's like, No, like I'm I'm doing nothing at the moment, you know. Uh, so I find everyone, even people are high achievers and are really driven. Eventually, you need to learn to to take those breaks, and it's almost it, it can be so confusing because you're standing there going, uh, "Am I meant to be doing something now?" And then when you real when you recognize that, you're like, "Wow!" Like I'm always going, 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 right? I think it can be really uncomfortable, like even from the start of the year when we transitioned into van life. And then had no internet, and then, like, it just was like one obstacle after the other. So, I literally couldn't work. I feel like Mm -hmm. spirit was like, No, you cannot do work right now. You need to be still and surrender and immerse yourself into this new life, find your feet. And then, also, with that, a lot of healing came up that had to be done as well. a lot of old traumas and patterns came up. So there was space to do that and step into that. And then with that mm-hmm. came clarity. It's like the veil it's like lifts and you're like, oh, what? I can see what I'm meant mm-hmm. to do. It takes a lot of trust. And even in a smaller thing that comes to mind is when you've been taking in a lot of information, Uh, even if it's things that you enjoy that's good for you it's and you maybe maybe you're still doing your meditations but you've just been very active with other people or online or whatever and then you know you might be going for a walk but you're listening to a podcast or whatever and then you go okay i'm gonna go on a walk and i'm not gonna have anything in my ears i'm literally gonna do nothing i find that sometimes it can take a good 20 minutes until your own inner world starts speaking to you and ideas might come up or thoughts or you know you're getting to that kind of Awake trance (laughs) state, and it's quite interesting how much we need to slow down to really hear ourselves sometimes, even when we're actively doing stuff every day to listen to ourselves. Sometimes we need a prolonged time of nothing going Mm -hmm. in to really hear something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I actually feel like my soul begins to crave it after a while. It's like, oh gosh, shut it all off. And then, from the business perspective, that whole trust of I can step back, but I'll be provided for. That it's not a kind of it's an abundance perspective, right? It's not that I always have to do. I will receive and I will give, but the two don't necessarily come together. They're they're separate, right? And someone and it was saying that from about, different ways. Yes, yes. I was having that conversation with someone recently that it's like your your work. We have put sort of working and and income, for example, in the same, you know, put them together. Mm -hmm. And obviously they go together, but energetically, they're not really, because then everyone who's working very hard would be loaded, (laughs) right? So money and energy is not the same as working. They're very separate things. Uh, Obviously, we still have to live in the real world, but it's a very healthy and interesting and Mm -hmm. nourishing mindset when you start to trust. It's a very feminine way, I guess. To go, if I put in my best all the time but I rest, somehow I'll be provided for it. I don't have to work 24-7. Hmm. It's like having a garden. Put all the effort in to sow the seeds and make sure that they're going to germinate really healthily. And then once they are started to germinate, you can kind of step back and give them a little bit of water and some loving words, but you don't have to be so focused. Um mm-hmm and then they flourish and then you have abundance (laughs) and you can you can get the same results but without doing busy work just for the sake of it like when you took this break you could have pushed through not had the rest of me to try to work while you didn't have internet and you're sorting things with a van and you would probably been burnt out now or you know tired and unmotivated but you had that break and now you're getting all these ideas coming up Well, the same when i went on maternity leave my elders said you should well they didn't say you should but they said ideally stop working three months before he's born because it's not great to be pregnant and do deep energy work on people for you so I stopped you know three months before he's born which is you know obviously you don't get paid to stay home then or anything and there's big trust I didn't know what it was going to look like with a baby or when I was going to be able to offer sessions again you know it totally depended on him so I was complete surrender to just saying okay I trust spirit then I'll be able to work somewhat when it's time again, you know. But it's like we often want to know and it can take some unlearning to learn to actually trust and, and work more intuitively even in our <laughs> jobs. Yes. <Yeah. laughs> Lots of unlearning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. yeah. This conversation went deep, yeah totally unexpected way I love it I think this was very helpful for many to hear so it's gonna be good but to what we originally planned to talk about I'd love for you to share a little bit about your path so I did a a live with Blake uh, a few weeks ago and she's you're in the same school right yeah yeah which is so exciting because we can like chat and share um, mm-hmm. our experience I think she's a month ahead of me although she's probably a bit ahead of me because as well I kind of had to stop study for a little while because no internet <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um well yeah maybe talk a little bit about that whatever you feel you want to share how you ended up with the, on the truth path and I just love how your story unfolded how you got there you know <laughs> um well I guess I was a professional photographer I still am to some degree. I still do photography for some people who know I'm behind the scenes. <laughs> I still do photography, um, but I burnt myself out. My husband was like deployed, and because he worked in the military, and I was in a place where there was no family support, so I just got really tired and. and like soul depressed so soul depressed um and not only that i have fibromyalgia so i was looking for ways naturally to help that with the inflammation and the pain so i found reiki um and i had so many benefits from that but then i become a reiki master and that didn't last very long because it didn't feel aligned to me so i didn't offer it and teach very many students at all. I think I only taught maybe three or four. And I think we spoke a lot about that my energy healing is different and it was so different from Reiki and I was intuitively working and you said that I was quite naturally shamanic quite a few times. And I think mm, this was yeah. around the time you were going to the four winds. Mm. And so I was quite inspired by that and I was looking into what you were learning and you were sharing stuff and I was quite interested, but it still didn't feel right. It didn't mm-hmm. stick well. And sorry to interrupt, but I remember also that a yeah. lot of the things that I was sharing you like, oh, I do that. Like you just sort of spirit had just taught you. Yeah. Math. Apart from the physically obvious things, like you've always been working with the earth and flowers and you know done stuff that people would say it's shamanic from looking at it but a lot of the actual practices you were kind of doing in your own way already without knowing they were part of our training for example yeah which was crazy um and then I decided I'd go down and learn about my ancestry and so that just sent me on a whole different path and I found, I stumbled across, I don't even know how I found her, but I found a lady who was doing Celtic shamanism and she was based in Ireland and she started offering it online and I was like, oh, yes, that sounds amazing and she's such a beautiful soul. So I learnt with her for a year and um, just as that had wrapped up was when we were starting to do our travels and stuff as well. So that all worked in so wonderfully. Um, and then I I felt like I desired more. Um, and at the time, like five years ago, I'd looked at the Order of the Bard, but it was only via disc, like CD-ROM, huh. and my laptop didn't have like a CD-ROM player and we didn't have a DVD player. like, oh, I can't do that. And then Blake mentioned that she was doing it online. And so yeah, I looked in online, and that was that. I signed up straight away because I'd wanted to do it for so long, and didn't realise that they'd opened it up online, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing how that was already put there? Like, which you just couldn't do because it, it wasn't the right time, probably. You know, because if you really wanted to, I guess you could have found a way to watch it to see series on right, but it obviously was meant to happen absolutely could have gone to the library or something. <laughs> Gotta love that, though. It's like, yeah, it's funny when you, how quickly things have shifted, but yeah, and I love, I really want to honor how, how much work you put into your ancestry and, um, you know, doing it right, you know, in a sense, because, uh, like we touched on at the start, and you know, not to go into the whole appropriation thing, but you've done a lot of work around that and understanding your history, and you know, and that's so important, especially if we want to work with medicine that you know okay this is your ancestry but like for me working with indigenous medicine that's from a lineage that i wasn't born into you know we we really have to do our work of course and and also understand a little bit about where we come from so you really went deep with that and and then it turns out your ancestry was your path anyways but a lot of people would just have sort of skipped that bit i think because we're not really taught to look into it we're so cut off from the ancestral piece and you know, also looking at the not so pleasant things as white people having to sort of atone and understand and unlearn how we're showing up as colonizers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you really, which is runs deep in my family. I um recently learnt that, um, on my dad's side, apparently the ancestry and the genealogy, we were Vikings. So yay, not only did my family like overtake Ireland, but we also came and overtake, overtook Australia, like, oh my heart broke. I was like, oh my god. Just feels so bad. Mm. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's um I for anyone that's you know, I would say for for anyone who's especially um working with indigenous medicine or wanting to work with indigenous medicine of any kind, I would suggest to head over to Dr. Rocio Rosales Mesa. I shared a lot from her posts, so if you if you haven't seen her posts, you can DM me or have a look, I'll probably be sharing something from her. I think there's still something in my stories that I shared today or yesterday from her. Uh, and uh, Mary Lou Shin at Mohair Medicine, they uh, they do a lot of good work to decolonial work and, but also helping white people work with that because obviously our work is different than the indigenous people with that so it's so important Um, but that aside also just your ancestry in itself because I think what's happened is we're so cut off from spirituality sometimes in the western world that then we come across something that we feel very drawn to which might be for example indigenous medicine from another culture and it doesn't even occur to us to look into our own history. We just get sort of drawn into that. And sometimes, you know, it is the right path. Like for me, it is the right path. I don't feel called to Scandinavian shamanism at all. Uh, I have looked at it. there are aspects of life, but it's not my path, right? But it's important to at least look into it. So, yeah, I really respect how much work you did with that. And even just your own family and ancestry, you know, In a more recent times like you really did your work with it Mm. thank you (laughs) so druidry yeah uh, anything else you want to share about that i just there's something about Mm. it like every time i get druidry i'm like you know there's a piece of my scandinavian self that resonates even with my (laughs) father uh i don't think in regards to my path, no. I kind of wanted to sum that up really short for the call, um, but yeah, jewelry. There's so many different parts to it. There's so many different um, aspects and cultures because it's not just Celtic. It's there's Irish, Welsh, Welsh, Scottish. You know, like there's a whole heap of different. Parts um, to it, mm. which is it can get confusing a little bit at times, um, but like you were saying, kind of sticking with at least one part makes it a little bit easier, so I really try to stick with Irish and Scottish because that's my ancestry directly mm. <laughs> um. But yeah, and the different goddesses and the different names for gods and goddesses, depending on what part of the um, UK it's from, and it's just it's a lot, but it feels so magical at the same time. Like, I used to love watching witchy shows and um, like King Arthur and Merlin and stuff like that, and it just feels like that, like it has that kind of energy, which is. Really, lovely, but it also has a deep earthy energy to it as well, because it is an earth spirituality mm. <laughs> and even like those like if I think of Celtic images and that, like that's the forest that I grew up with, you know it's very different from the forest here, and I remember when I visited Sweden last time, I was posting something, and I don't know if it was I can't remember who it was, but someone was commenting that it kind of looks like you know like fairy tale. very much that sort of vibe so yeah part of me always resonates and sort of longs for that it's very different than nature here but nature here is lovely in a different way but um something else that came to mind when you were talking about that was also i think you know shamanism is an evolving medicine right so even within a lineage there's going to be shifts some just because it's as we shift practices shifts, right? Like for example in Peru with the, the spatula offerings, um, they used to be made, which is like the prayer offerings to the earth. They used to be made out of fruit, you know, things like that. And now you can buy like a ready pack almost with it, you know, and it's candy and it's stuff that, you know, a couple of hundred years ago they wouldn't have put that in the earth. So it does evolve in in some ways, of course. But I think with so for example, um in a country that's been invaded, right, like Australia, it's a very clear mark of this is what we've done before, and then people came and destroyed and, and all of that. But in, for example, Sweden, it's because that didn't happen, they were the invaders, you know. Uh, it's that continuous um, mix of what happened over the years in that sort of lineage is different in a sense. So, for example, in southern Sweden, there used to be you know, folklore and, and what do you call it, like um folk magic, I guess you could call it, you know, they believe in the little people and all of that. And then in the north you've got the Sami, the indigenous Swedish people, which is an actual indigenous lineage that's still there. So but the two would trade sometimes in a fair way, you know, before horrors were done to the Sami and the government started to, you know, treat them really badly. But before that there were actual trades. So When, although we don't have written texts and stuff with Scandinavian shamanism, uh, you know, the drumming and some of the practices, I can't remember exactly now, but I remember reading that there was an influence still. So the sort of folk magic became became quite shamanic in a lot of practices, which was probably from people, you know, trading with the Sami and and swapping drafts or buying things from them and so forth in a fair way before, you know, bad things happened. So there is still like that, yeah, things evolve. And like you said, people move around a lot, so it's not that clear and we don't have written texts. So with your shamanism, are there any texts or anything or is it just all sort of, you know, how do we know? As far as I know, yeah, as far as I know, um, most of it was taught orally, Mm -hmm. um, but I think, Going by because there's so much on the earth. So, by going through and looking at the earth and the carvings and stuff that have been put um, on the earth. And then also the poems and songs that were shared from the bards because they were the storytellers. So, um, I think just through sharing stories by the fire, like you know everyone gathering around by the fire and storytelling or singing songs um it's just grown from that and been shared and then eventually people have put it into text a lot of it is um been taken by Christianity and renamed into saints um or like the practices, Christmas and stuff and like Easter, that's all been taken from those pagan druidry um, ways of living. So I guess there's that side of it as well. There's that written text by how the Christians have taken all of that and then re-done it to suit them. (laughs) And sometimes not even taking, sometimes it's just merged. Like some of the Scandinavian traditions, are so like they make no sense. Like if you actually step back, you're like, what are we actually doing here? And it's hilarious. There's a comedian that's like made a joke about it. And I'm like, wow, this is so funny. And when you look back, it's like all these different, the folklore of Christianity, because I guess at the start, Christianity was kind of welcomed in some ways. And then how the thought like, merged into its own thing. And it's just become like yeah it's it's quite fascinating when you have that long uninterrupted history in a sense of what actually comes out of here oh my god um so, yeah this comedian was saying you know if we try to do this, for example like swedish easter now like someone came and said you know let's celebrate this way now they think we're nuts but um <laughs> like if someone tried to propose that you know anyways that's another story but there was something else that came to mind about the Scandinavian. Yes, so I also know from I don't know if this is the same with the the Celtic and the the druidry, but with uh, like Nordic shamanism, a lot of it we, what we know comes from like the Romans and people who, who they traded with and um, their writings, because obviously they were more advanced and they were writing and, and stuff that Scandinavians weren't. So we know from their observations and what they're saying what was going on, sort of thing. Mm, I'm not sure. I'm I'm sure that's actually probably very much the same. It's pretty cold. I'm just gonna hold it with my blanket. Um, unless I've missed part or in the order of the part at the start, I don't think they fully covered like where all the teachings have come from. I know they did cover because we were travelers. We were we would move around all the time. And then as well because of other cultures coming in to Ireland or Scotland or anywhere in the UK really, and the whole history is just I'm going to overtake this part of the land, I'm going to overtake this part of the land, I'm going to overtake this part of the land. But it's just so, like you said, merged with everything else, Um, even right through to um, like India and um, those countries in the East. It's, um, yeah, I think it's just one big mess. You <laughs> just <laughs> kind of learn the best way you can and feel into what feels right for you. <laughs> but what's fascinating is that whichever tradition we, you know, we belong to, whichever tradition we look at, the core is, is the same, right? And I actually had this interesting realization the other day which is um i think my son was sneezing and i was thinking how you say bless you in english mm-hmm. and in Swedish, you actually don't say bless you There's a word for it that doesn't have a christian connotation it's just a word that you say i don't know if it means anything but as far as i know it's not a, a religious thing but i said to my husband i was like don't you say bless you because they used to believe that your souls you know you're losing your mm-hmm. soul when you sleep and then I realized that that might. This is just my own observation. <laughs> this might not be true. But I was like, was this Christianity uh, Christianity's interpretation of soul retrieval, soul loss? You mm-hmm. know, did they learn from indigenous people about soul loss, and then they started applying this by saying, "Bless you." Maybe. <laughs> or maybe. Not. But, anyways, it's interesting. I was like, oh, soul loss. Either way, soul loss is showing up in mm. you know, religion as well. So, that's interesting in itself. Um, let me check what else we wrote down that we were meant to talk about before we went down this deep hole, which I love. <laughs> um, mm, how does motherhood combine with your spiritual path? And for people who have followed you for a long time, they can see a lot of that on your Instagram. But for people who don't know you, I did a post about this, I think it was a real um not that long ago last week, and for me, motherhood and spirituality or my path is not separate. Motherhood is my spiritual path um you know before becoming a mum, I didn't look after myself at all, and I kind of I really suppressed a lot of. Uh, my spiritual practices. Maybe it was the time in society back then, you know, it wasn't a well-known thing. It wasn't well-accepted as well. So that might have been part of it. But definitely once I become a mum, it was like that whole portal. You know, you go in and you become pregnant and you want to do everything you can to make the world beautiful for this person that you're bringing into this world. And then you go through the birth portal and, geez, that, that's transformational in itself. Um, and then, like, that postpartum, that raw postpartum where you, the veil is so thin that you, you can't not come out transformed, um, mm-hmm. there's something that has changed and shifted, whether or not that's small or big um yeah and ever since becoming a mum it's just been a rabbit hole really of trying to feel into what's the right path for me and what's the right path for my children because i don't want to show them a way that's not right that it's detrimental to them or to people around us um and don't get me wrong, like I went down this path of Buddhism for a little while before having kids um, and then Hinduism and they've just <laughs> okay. done a little bit of dabbling with everything. Um, but, yeah, the, the Druidry and the Celtic shamanism and being able to say, like, this was our ancestors, like, this is how ancestors lived. Like, when I made the Wheel of the Year and I gave it to them and I was like, this is the names that our ancestors would have used. And There's just something so powerful in that. And the kids are just like, oh, really? Wow. And then there's so much awe in it and they just soak it up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just everything that I do, I invite them in. If they want to join me, they can. If they don't, they don't have to. There's no pressure. Um, But kids just love it. They love learning. They're like little sponges. They kind of absorb it. They'll go off and do their own thing once they've learnt it from you. And it's so cute to watch them make their own little fire offering if we've got a fire going or make their own little nature mandala, whatever it is they feel inspired to do. Give an offering to Mother Earth. Oh, that one like gets my heart every time they do it. It's so beautiful. Yeah. There's I so don't think you can separate it. No. And there's so much value in that, even like apart from what you're teaching them spiritually, like you're teaching them gratitude and respect. Like things is going to transform and, and, and what's the word? Um, flow into other areas of their lives, you know? Because when you have those. When you look at the world that way, it's just you're going to look at people and situations differently. So it's, you know, and even how you used to, um, before school, I know you used to have like the little breath practices with them and stuff when they, I know now they're homeschool, but before uh, you've been doing that for years. So, you know, teaching them to tune into themselves and take a breath. And, you know, it's just such important tools when you get older, I think. To be able to calm yourself down or have a way to release things because obviously i try to remind myself like our son's only four months old for a bit over four months but i i look at him and i'm like you are so pure and innocent not perfect right now and i was like one day you're gonna see that he's not well you know and i just try to remind myself that he's on his path you know it's not going to be perfect he's going to have his own challenges and stuff whatever his soul is here to learn and you have to kind of release that need to make everything perfect to mm-hmm. protect them, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to, to walk with them, not for them. Um, so I already try to think of that. But even just giving them those tools so that they can handle their own energy and their own emotions in that way is just so valuable, I think. And mm-hmm. you've done that for so long in such a beautiful way. Yeah. Oh, I just, I don't know. Like it just. It felt natural to do, you know, like this is what has helped me. This is what I've learned as an adult. (laughs) um, It made sense to then pass that on to the kids at such a young age. And Isabel, she had some struggles at school when that was deployed and she had severe anxiety attacks to the point of vomiting before class and things like that. So it was really important to me to assist her in how to move through that and feel safe at school. So she had like five things that she could do on a little lanyard that she took to school and it was like a power stance and breath and calling in her guardian angels at the time because we were working with guardian angels because we were in the new age type <laughs> Um Yeah, and then like maybe four or five years ago now. Gee, that's gone quick. Ryan was so obsessed with cats, like so obsessed ever since he came, came out and was born. And he looked at me one day and said something about being a cat and I was like, you know, you're not a cat. You're a human. And he literally cried with so much grief that like he just, it hit him, like, oh, my God, not a cat. It seemed so, like, crazy to be talking about, but it was. And we did this whole ceremony and, a fire, like, a fire ceremony. And I took him on a guided meditation to meet this cat in this past life he obviously had been. And he met him and he saw how he died and he met his family. Like, oh, God, there's so much in my feels. And then he wrote like a little letter to say goodbye and he thanks the cat for all the gifts of being like quick and good on his feet and he can balance really well and then we did a fire ceremony and ever since then he still loves cats but he he definitely doesn't identify as a cat anymore and that in itself is
1: i mean it's it's a bit
0: like out there not your common thing um but you know like that, it's that's something that we take on these past lives stuff um so being able and to even incorporate for someone that who and that even for someone who thinks that that's just their fantasy or whatever because they want to be a cat because they're free or whatever i think a lot of people especially maybe when we grew up you know they would just have said oh don't be silly you know and that would that opportunity for that release of whatever that was, even if it wasn't the past life, you know, maybe even if it was whatever, you know, I, I think it was, but let's say it wasn't. But the fact that he was heard, he saw a way of releasing it, he wasn't laughed mm-hmm. at, you know, that's now a piece of him that's whole instead of something he's going to have to deal with in therapy in 20 years' time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes we just have to... To work with them where they're at. It doesn't matter if it's real or fantasy or whatever. You know, it's just about honoring and and teaching and and yeah, you taught him such a beautiful way of saying goodbye. You know. Mm. Yeah. Which again is seasons as well, right? Like coming in and saying goodbye. That's the winter. That's the death or hibernation. Mm. So being able to honour that season of whatever it is, could be in business, life, past life, saying goodbye to a past life that we've been holding on to, whatever mm-hmm. that is in your path, being able to sit in that and having tools to be able to say goodbye, which I think is where the wheel comes in so well because you are celebrating and re. Really learning almost every year as the wheel goes around those aspects of what that celebration is. Um, And then you can take it into your day-to-day life and place that into practice. Mm. A better word. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, and you can use that, the wheel of the year, the medicine wheel on any situation that comes up, you know um like on the the shamanic path that i'm on you've got the south with the serpent which is you know shedding the old shedding and i find that's often shedding things you're aware of you know you're shedding stuff that you mm. know you need to let go of or where you're holding on to something you've outgrown. so actually you know sometimes even when uh, a few years ago when i was working with a client i i started seeing i can't remember now but it was the first time i saw it and i sort of got the sense that it was something that needed to be ripped off like skin um i can't remember now but anyways it was different from how i would usually see things i remember having this conversation with my shaman i cleared it whatever and then i talked to him and i was like is this something you've seen and he said yes what you what you found was someone who had actually done a lot of healing work but they had not quite it's like they had shed the skin but they hadn't ripped it off it was sort of just sitting there like a dead capsule around them and now mm-hmm. I can do it with a very specific experience that made me kind of talk to him about it. Um so yeah, that's the whole, you know, shedding of it, which can come in many ways. And then when you move into the West, so again we have the wheel, right? You move into the West, you've got the Jaguar in our know, medicine wheel, which is all about power of being grounded and seeing through the darkness. This is where the shadow work comes in. So you've cleared the stuff that you're aware of. You now you're moving into the stuff that you're not aware of, you know, and um, I remember at the four used to joke about the West, you know, when someone I remember when I went to to Germany to do the, the extra sort of training that we did like for the post grads one of the ladies that was there her son was there at the same time but he was there doing the whole training like whilst we were there for a few days just doing fire service and stuff like that and she was laughing because she had like run into for something and he was you know like a mess and and he and she said like what's happening and he's like i'm in the west you know? <laughs> you know? it was so funny and um uh and also with the the Jagger like with the the way i'm learning now with directly from the indigenous elders. I don't think they necessarily talked about the Jaguar this way, but in my original training at the four Winds this was also a lot to do with ancestral stuff. Um, you know, clearing stuff in your family line, mm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the north with the hummingbirds and this beautiful energy coming in, which is the north is actually the ancestral direction. Um, but you've got that beautiful energy of blessings and good luck and the feminine and, and all of these things coming in, soul retrievals. So, and then that's when it becomes a spiritual path, Alberto used to say. You know, you have to do all this other work before it's even spiritual what you're doing. and mm-hmm. Then you've got the ease that you can open up to actually understand these deeper truths without them being cliches because you've actually done mm-hmm. your work. And then we go around with it again, you know, in a, in a new <laughs> issue that comes up. But yeah. yeah, is that similar to the medicine world, the way you're learning it, or is it completely different? Yeah, so the medicine wheel that I learned um is very similar. Um uh the animals not so much, like it was more the directions basically, and then I kinda like we put our own animals to it. Um so like with the um South is fire, so that's about transformation. So that's anything that's transforming: dragonfly, snake, um, dragons, and <laughs> the midst, Um Dragons, yeah, they show up. Actually, I've had dragons show up sometimes through clients. Oh, and, yeah, oh, they're, oh. <laughs> they're they're an energy that exists. It's not something I'm very familiar with, but they're out there and they show up for sure. Stop crying. The dog's crying i don't know why <laughs> um but yeah the medicine wheel as well is very similar which again is kind of like seasons right you could definitely align a season to each direction um, which is nice to work with as well i feel like the medicine wheel i work more with clients and Oh, can't say that. I work with seasons with clients too. If somebody's coming to learn about seasonal living, I work with them with that as well. Um, but in a shamanic healing base, I really do work with the medicine wheel more so. Um, yeah, but very similar. Which I think is just, it comes from, uh, like we were saying before, inspiration. So things merging and cultures merging. I also think, like, I watch old, not old documentaries, but documentaries about cultures. And like we were saying, there's that core thread through nearly every culture. Um, and there are things that show up. And they have no connection unless it was by ship. And then that was like, eight months of travel on a ship to get anywhere so for them to have back these many years this same similar even the symbols that they use is very similar sometimes it blows my mind like there's that connected consciousness Consciousness. I was actually thinking about that when you were talking about the power process that you did with your children because um, I remember there is a bear post in sort of Scandinavian lore, and I think this they actually have pictures of or writings about so something they know existed, I guess like some kind of warrior post when you and it's actually very similar to a Native American one, which you know there would have been no connection at that time between the two cultures, mm. so yeah. Uh, and these poses, they really work. I remember um, there was a TED Talk about it where um, they were they got people to do power poses before job interviews and they would get the job. You know, like it had a direct res- result, who got the job or not, when they had done this. So it's very interesting how our energy, you know, how we can affect mm. our energy and how our energy comes across to other people just from basic things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep it simple actually recorded a podcast today and I literally said that <laughs> keep it simple <laughs> in program some a mum will ask me something and it'll be over complicating something i'll be like no 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 no, no. just keep it simple <laughs> yeah that's my motto since becoming a mum too it's like not not that i take less care or make less of an effort but things have to be simpler sometimes you know i don't have an hour mm-hmm. to set up for a life you know i probably all the important stuff still happens but if this was a year ago i would have started you know i would have done such a long setup before which is completely unnecessary so you become very good at you know understanding when you're timing and when you don't yeah, yeah. and when you need to be efficient <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly efficient. the truth runs through us yes exactly Mm. Very well Mama. So I don't know, do you have the time? I always forget to bring a clock in and I can not see it I think we're probably getting to the uh, end of this. Five to eight. Ooh. Do we want to do a little breath work and rattling sort of thing? Yeah. How about I I'm totally throwing you under the bus here, but how about I rattle and do some some breath? You wanna do that? Like a four 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 breath or something? Okay. Yeah. 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 Basically, what comes through, whatever feels. Yeah. All right. Okay. You're getting comfortable if you can. Allowing yourself to feel your body, and we're just going to take some deep breaths. So breathing through your nose, breathing in deep into the belly. hold and then breathe out with a sigh Ah. and as you breathe out with the sigh allow everything to just let go and release. Breathing in and out. Ah. I do a lot of work with women, so just placing your hands on your womb, if you can, or your belly if you're male and listening. And just taking a deep breath into that belly. Ah, and allow it to soften and take another breath in. And soften. And with this next breath, allow yourself to connect to Mother Earth, feeling her energy underneath you. we're getting ready to go to bed here in australia allowing her to hold you restful sleep and if you're in another country where it's daytime allowing her to bring you stability as you go through your day and with this next breath in drawing her energy up through your body up through into the center of your body in your solar plexus, and breathing in and out, and now connecting with the skies' energy, mental clarity, consciousness. And breathing in that clarity, breathe it down through your head into your solar plexus. And as these energies meet, feel them mingle together and spread through your whole body. And taking one last deep breath in. And out. When you're ready, we can open our eyes. Thank you for rattling. Uh, Thank you. That was so powerful. Oh, I needed that. Thank you. It was nourishing. I want to stretch now. I yeah. Recorded so people can come back to this little mini meditation because at the end so it was easy to find. And when you said mental clarity, I was I could just you know when you can like taste something almost like it rests so much. Mm-hmm. I guess like like a word or something. I was like yes, I need this. <laughs> My brain it's like <laughs> mental clarity. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, mm, thank you. So powerful. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> mm, thank you. And um, yeah, I'd love to do this again and have you on my podcast. And um, yeah, I'll try to post this in my stories. That was, um, thank you, Megan. Um, there was an issue with the last live. I did neither one of us could post it. It saved, but it wouldn't allow us to post it to stories. So I don't know if that's just Mercury retrograde oh. or if that was something you said. It's happened to me a couple of times. But no problem. Yeah so um we'll see but either way i'll save it and it will um people can access it still beautiful fingers crossed <laughs> oh thank you and i love what you said about us going to bed and be held by such a mama by mother Earth. now that was really beautiful mm. i'm looking forward to bed <laughs> <laughs> Well oh, thank you so much. Have a beautiful night. Thank you. You. Thanks everyone yeah. for listening and everyone is watching the replay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.